Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on October 3rd, 2022 from my parents' house down here in James Island. Yes, I'm in the closet with a bunch of pillows. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a look at how the broadband gap is shrinking in our state, some back and forth between gubernatorial candidates and new campaign ads, and we also look at the big money that Senator Tim Scott is spending on other Senate races. In business, we hear from Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond regional economist Laura Ulrich on business conditions in the region, and of course, we get you a little update on what gas prices are doing. And in medical, we look at the federal response to the ongoing monkeypox outbreak that is slowing nationwide. Also, we want to hear your stories, folks. It's October, start of spooky season. Hmm. Tell us some ghost stories. Let us know where you're doing this fall, y'all, by leaving us a voicemail at 803-563-7169. You can leave us your name, where you're calling from, and about a three-minute-long voicemail, up to three minutes. It doesn't have to be a full three. You can do 30 seconds. Just say hi. You can do a butt dial or a text. We'd love to hear from you. 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is low according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. We'll have more updated COVID data for you on Saturday from DHEC. Let's start off politics with another infrastructure update, this time broadband. Governor Henry McMaster hosted state regulators and broadband officials, along with House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn, in his office on Monday to tout another infrastructure accomplishment. No, we're not talking about 60% completion of an interstate project. Rather, 100,000 homes have been connected to broadband since late 2021 thanks to a combination of state and federal funds. Here's Congressman Clyburn discussing how, thanks in large part to the governor's decision to dedicate $400 million in American Rescue Plan Act money to closing the rural broadband gap in the state, made the difference. From in the middle of the pandemic, uh, the governor and I started talking first about getting mobile units out so that uh, people could get tested uh, throughout rural South Carolina. And that morphed into what we could do. Uh, and here we are, uh, we decided on the internet. And I want to thank the governor for doing something uh, that um, uh, a lot of uh, uh, people with less vision uh, did not do. He looked at the Rescue Act, and he saw in that Rescue Act uh, what we uh, were able to put in there with the assistance uh, of Director Edwards. And I think Jim, I'm going to call him Jim because I have real problems with Strickland or whatever, uh, however you pronounce his last name. But these two people uh, worked very closely with us. Jim came up to Washington, sat down in my conference room with Congress people from Iowa out, all the way up to Rhode Island and became the go-to guy in helping them with their mapping. South Carolina has created a model that other states are now following. And I'm going to thank them uh, for their tremendous uh, contribution to all of this. Now, we are on the road to building out 
South Carolina. Totally building out our state. Every resident, every business, and I think the governor says in three to five years, we're going to be able to do that. Why? Because we are able now to secure the $600 million in public funds that uh, we were told would be needed. In addition to that $400 million in ARPA funds, $180 million of which will soon be awarded in the first tranche of projects, $100 million is also coming from the bipartisan infrastructure law. Another $100 million is coming from the Federal Communications Commission and $40 million from state lawmakers. That's a good chunk of money, folks. That's a lot of tranches there. Jim Stritzinger, who is over the state broadband office under the Office of Regulatory Staff, has called the position his dream job. He's been collaborating with state and private partners and has helped create accurate internet maps of the state so deficiencies can be found and addressed. But adoption is the next phase. Here's Jim. The General Assembly gave us our marching orders, and um, we are prioritizing census blocks that have a lot of K-12 students, or they're what are known as difficult development areas, so U.S. Housing and Urban Development categorizes things. And also, we're, we're prioritizing for our ARPA money places where there's no internet service provider. So those are our three conditions. So um, we've built an eligibility map where we, we coach, um, you know, it's an open grant program, but we coach the ISPs by lighting up the priority areas so they go there first. So that's how we're attacking it in a very creative way. Of course, it's infrastructure, but then the next step is teaching those residents how to use it. Um, we have to lift up the citizens of South Carolina because their technical skills. I mean, if you've lived in an area that's never had Internet before, you're starting way behind. So I know I personally had 20 years to get up to speed to go from email to really sophisticated stuff. But we want to condense that time frame. And that's where the broadband community champions and others come in, because once we get the infrastructure in place, then we can put some muscle behind, you know, the digital equity, digital literacy programs. Um, we have some wonderful nonprofits that are teaching senior citizens how to do telehealth, um, as an example, which is great. There's also a $30 a month subsidy available for those who qualify to get internet service once an area is wired for it. This is a program that has seen great success, Stringsinger said. But still more needs to be done with getting connections to some 125 to 150,000 homes over the next four years. Now, let's just note really quick that while McMaster is touting all these investments, much of it is coming from the federal government and through bills that Republicans in our congressional delegation did not support. Even McMaster vetoed the gas tax, but that hasn't stopped him from touting projects that are funded by those increased gas tax funds and federal dollars. Same with the ARPA funds for broadband, roads, and rural infrastructure for South Carolina. And then, of course, the additional money coming from the bipartisan infrastructure law, which we will note Senator Lindsey Graham and 18 other Republicans supported in the end. Now, I bring all this spending in Washington talk up because McMaster has a new campaign ad titled Not Here that hits at that Washington spending he's been using to claim victory on major infrastructure projects. So let's just jump on the campaign trail and listen to part of this ad. It's hard to find common ground these days, but one thing folks agree on, Washington is totally broken. In Washington, they spend money that doesn't even exist. We don't do that here. Now, McMaster doesn't acknowledge his opponent, but Democrat Joe Cunningham focuses on McMaster in his newly released ad, Time to Win. And here's part of it. It includes Cunningham on a football field. In South Carolina, we fire football coaches after just a few losing seasons. 
So why not politicians? Henry McMaster has been in politics longer than I've been alive. But crime is at an all-time high, and we're near the bottom in schools and roads. Now let's stick on the campaign trail and talk about endorsements. Last week, McMaster received a big one from 32 sheriffs, including Democrat Leon Lott of Richland County, as well as 10 solicitors. Lott is one of six Democratic sheriffs to endorse McMaster. He is also 69, and he also criticized Cunningham's call for politicians to retire after 72 as insulting. Lott also said that Governor McMaster's experience as a prosecutor makes him the kind of uncommonly strong partner we can trust to help us do our jobs. Cunningham received the endorsement of the South Carolina Education Association with Director Sherry East saying, We know Joe is an authentic champion of public education. He respects and listens to educators and school staff. He knows that working conditions are learning conditions. And his plan to stop the educator shortage crisis addresses the root causes, giving educators the professional pay, working conditions, and resources they need to give all South Carolina students the education they deserve. Sticking with the campaign trail, NBC News reports that a super PAC tied to Senator Tim Scott is donating $5 million to Senate Republicans' main outside group as the party works to take control of the chamber in November. The Scott Group, known as the Opportunity Matters Fund, is contributing to the Senate Leadership Fund, which is a super PAC aligned with Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell that has spent millions on Senate races across the country. Now, this $5 million is a fraction of the cash in the Senate Leadership Fund's campaign account, We're talking about $104 million on hand as of June 30th. But the key reason for this donation is a sign that Scott, who is also a potential presidential candidate in 2024, is willing to leverage his own fundraising strength to help the rest of the party. Like, uh, FYI, remember that money I gave you? Time to give me some love, too. Now, the Opportunity Matters Fund has spent $7 million in independent expenditures so far this election cycle in House and Senate races per campaign finance filings. The group has spent more than $6 million on ads, according to the ad tracking firm Ad Impact, launching ads in battleground states that prominently feature the South Carolina senator. And just a clarification, the state Senate is back Tuesday, October 18th, and the state Supreme Court hears that abortion lawsuit by Planned Parenthood, South Atlantic, and others on October 19th. We'll be watching both and bringing you in-depth coverage when they happen. And on the way out, this is the last week to register to vote. You have until October 9th to register online to vote in the upcoming November 8th elections. You can do that easily, as well as so much more at scvotes.org. That's scvotes.org. Early voting begins October 24th and runs through November 5th. Welcome to our business section, and today I want to bring you parts of my discussion with Laura Ulrich. She's a regional economist with the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond. Now, you may remember that we just had USC's Dr. Joey Von Nessen talking about the state's economy, but with Laura, we're going to zoom out a bit and talk about the regional economy and how decisions by the Fed and other central banks across the world will impact our globalized economy. These are just a few of the issues we discussed on This Week in South Carolina. Yeah, you know, markets typically hate uncertainty, right? And there's a lot of uncertainty out there right now. And, you know, I've been an economist now for, I guess, for about 20 years. And this is the most uncertain time I've been in in that 20 years. You know, we haven't had inflation this high in 40 years, right? 
Um, and this period of time is so different than what we've had in the past that it's hard to predict what's going to happen two months from now, six months from now, a year from now. Um, the geopolitical issues haven't helped with that because, you know, if you look at what's going on over in Europe with with Russia and, and the, the energy crisis that some of the European countries are facing because of their reliance on Russia for energy, I mean, that introduces a whole nother level of uncertainty, right? And mm-hmm. so... Um, it's not shocking to me that the markets are reacting kind of in the way they are because because they just don't know how to calculate what's what's next. Mm-hmm. But at least there's a little bit more uh, stability when we look at market fundamentals compared to maybe back in 2008 with the financial crisis. Absolutely, yeah. this is a totally different situation. And you know that was a that you know the financial crisis was driven by completely different factors, and there were real structural issues in in the financial sector at that point. And but the companies that we're talking to, and and certainly the banks we're talking to, you know, they seem really fundamentally strong for the most part. There's certain sectors in the economy where, you know, they've been hit much harder than others. But but overall, the companies in in South Carolina and North Carolina that we're talking to on a regular basis are still still pretty positive. Yeah, I want to talk about the regional economy in a moment. Just to wrap up here with interest rates too and mm-hmm. the global outlook. Uh, when we talk about concerns about recessions, we look at other central banks across the world, and they're also raising rates too to try and tamp down inflation. How concerned should we be about you know a possible global recession or a hard landing, as they're saying here in America? You know, there are countries that are in much worse shape than we are right now, um, due to some of the same issues, but then also due to, to additional issues within their own nations and. Um, Right now, the two largest economies that come to mind are Germany and um, England. Germany is having a really hard time because they don't have enough energy. They're going to face an energy shortage this winter, and um, they're highly reliant on Russia. Um, and so that has created a huge amount of stress for that country. Um, and then what's going on in Great Britain? Great Britain is also facing really high energy prices. And then, um, you know, the new administration there, the new prime minister, announced that they were going to cut taxes significantly. And it, you know the monetary pol- the fiscal the fiscal policy equivalent to raising rates on the monetary side is actually to raise taxes right because as i mentioned the goal is to bring demand down right and so you don't cut taxes on the fiscal side while you're increasing rates on the monetary policy side mm-hmm. and so um, yesterday specifically in the markets uh, were were really wild in the uk because of what's going on there the good news for the us is that the dollar um, is really strong, right, um, compared to many of these other currencies. I mean, the euro is at par, and mm-hmm. and the pound yesterday it was one point oh seven, um, and just I was there this time last year, and I think it was one point four when I was there. So mm-hmm. tremendous move in, in that rate, um, and we, you know, the dollar is the world's reserve currency, so the dollar dominates um, global financial markets, and so. We'll see some impacts, right? In the Carolinas, mm-hmm. there are companies that are based in Germany and England that are going to have in- significant impacts from this, from from downturns in those countries. But I don't think we're going to see too much of an impact overall in the U.S. economy from that. Yeah, and it was also interesting just to wrap up with uh, the United Kingdom too. A lot of their home mortgages are also a variable rates too; they're not fixed Correct. like we're here too. So they're going to have a lot of uh, hurt, I would say, I guess, in the future too. And Correct. Also some, yeah, some shocks. and this is. This is one of these things where people a lot of times just don't kind of understand the fundamentals of economics, right? So so if if the central bank is having to raise rates to control inflation like we are doing in the U.S., they already have been doing in the U.K., and then all of a sudden the government cuts taxes significantly, 
that is going to spur demand, which is going to make inflation worse, which means they're going to have to raise rates more. And so when you are in, you know, a lot of people, I'm glad you brought up the mortgage situation there because most people don't understand that this concept of a 30 year fixed mortgage is kind of a U.S. phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so consumers there could be hurt really significantly by, by those um, increases in Great Britain. Glad to be an American right now when it comes to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Laura, I want to talk to you about maybe a little bit about the housing market too, because we are seeing it tick down a little bit. That's mm-hmm. cooling off a little bit. Rents are going down a little bit. We talked about gas prices dropping. So uh, these are just some of the things that come with the territory. But it seems like, again, we talked about the fundamentals being strong too. The, uh, the labor market is still super tight right now. So uh, kind of just give us a picture here about what the regional economy, what South Carolina's economy looks like in terms yeah. of its overall health. The Carolinas, both Carolinas have really outperformed the U.S. overall um, in terms of employment and, and growth post-COVID. South Carolina overall is doing very well. I would say the metro areas, um, especially me- the larger metros, so Greenville, Charleston, um, you know, the, the South Carolina side of Charlotte are growing very rapidly and have healthy growth in, in sh- very tight labor markets, very, very tight labor markets. It is important, though, to recognize that there are other parts of the state, um, especially the more rural parts of the state, that aren't doing as well, right? Mm-hmm. And some of these communities have faced longer-term issues of population decline and, and companies leaving their counties. Um, and a lot of those communities are the ones that are especially hard hit by inflation, right? Inflation um, hits low to moderate income communities harder because they spend a higher percentage of their income, right? So when prices go up, it hits them harder. So um, I would say it's kind of two stories, right? The one story is that overall South Carolina is doing very, very well. And I think that will continue. But the other story is that we do have parts of our state that, that have, have, con- have continued to struggle. You can catch Twisk every Friday at 7.30 p.m. and Sundays at 1.30 p.m. on SCETV or on youtube.com slash South Carolina ETV. And you can also find this podcast and so much more there as well. It's on the internet, folks. And gas prices have ticked up recently. They're currently $3.26 a gallon per AAA. And that could inch back up even more with forthcoming global market cuts to prop up prices. We're talking about OPEC and its oil-producing allies are set to announce a 1 million barrel per day production cut on Wednesday. This moved up oil prices after Brent crude, the global oil benchmark, fell 23% this quarter to around $88 a barrel last week. Gas prices in South Carolina are 34 cents higher than they were this time last year. We have a national monkeypox outbreak response update for you here, and we look at how things are going in South Carolina. The mpox outbreak still remains a threat, though nationally, cases are declining week over week. In South Carolina, weekly numbers fluctuate up and down slightly, while vaccination rates are stagnant. There have been some 25,300 cases nationwide, including 169 here in South Carolina. Last Wednesday, CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky and members of the White House monkeypox response team announced preliminary research results on how the Genius vaccine has performed in limiting the current outbreak. 
Preliminary data from 32 states show that between July 2022 and September 2022, those who were eligible and did not receive the monkeypox vaccine were about 14 times more likely to become infected than those who received the monkeypox vaccine. For those vaccinated, protection was seen as early as two weeks after their first vaccine dose. There have been limited data on how well the Genios vaccine performs against monkeypox in real-world conditions. These new data provide us with a level of cautious optimism that the vaccine is working as intended. These early findings and similar results from studies in other countries suggest that even one dose of the monkeypox vaccine offers at least some initial protection against infection. That said, we know from laboratory studies that immune protection is highest two weeks after the second dose of vaccine. So a big takeaway there for folks at risk is that they are 14 times more likely to be infected than those who receive the vaccine. So these doses do make a difference. And again, this is data of a single vaccine dose and two weeks after that. It has been stratified to include the subcutaneous versus intradermal administration of the vaccine, and more data is needed on that as well as full vaccine protection, which is all forthcoming according to the CDC. But one thing is clear, the second dose is critical. However, since the shot is now intradermal and leaves a temporary mark on forearms where it's primarily given, the CDC is changing guidance to providers to allow for shots on shoulders instead. This is just one of many changes that public health officials are working on to keep transmission lower and provide barrier and stigma-free access to the vaccine. Here's White House Response Team Coordinator Dr. Demeter Daskalakis. We are moving to a PrEP strategy, pre-exposure prophylaxis, that increases who is eligible for vaccination and encourages vaccine providers to minimize the risk assessments of people seeking vaccine. Fear of disclosing sexuality and gender identity must not be a barrier to vaccination. This new PrEP strategy means that more people who might be at present or future risk for monkeypox now qualify for the vaccine. That includes gay, bisexual, and other men who have sex with men, transgender or gender diverse people who have had more than one sex partner in the last six months, had sex in a place associated with higher monkeypox risk, or have had a sexually transmitted infection diagnosed over that same time period. PrEP, also extends vaccines to sexual partners of people with the above risks, and that includes commercial sex workers. People can choose where on their body they want vaccines. Many jurisdictions and advocates have told us that some people decline vaccine to monkeypox because of the stigma associated with the visible but temporary mark often left on their forearm. New guidance from CDC allows people who don't want to risk a visible mark on their forearm to opt for vaccine on the skin by their shoulder or their upper back. Those are areas more frequently covered by clothes. And the MPOX outbreak isn't happening in a vacuum. While MPOX is spreading primarily through sexual encounters among those in the MSM community, it also comes as the country is seeing increased rates of sexually transmitted infections in general. Here's Walensky and Daskalakis again. We are really encouraging 
folks who are presenting with um, monkeypox. We had a, an MMWR several weeks ago that really demonstrated high rates of HIV co-infection, high rates of other STI co-infection. So if one were to think that a patient is presenting with monkeypox, that should all of a sudden trigger um, screening for other STIs, including HIV, gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, and others. So um, we really are encouraging that screening. But as you know, we do have a rising challenge with sexually transmitted diseases across this country, not just monkeypox, syphilis, gonorrhea, and chlamydia as well. And so we really are um, hoping to capitalize on this moment for awareness, not just about monkeypox, but other STIs as well. Um, Dr. Deskalakis? Yeah, so I'll, I'll just add um, barely anything, um, given that uh, you sort of covered it so well, but just the, the notion that this is an interacting uh, um, outbreak with these. And, you know, um, the people that we're trying to get vaccine to are the same people that we need screened for HIV and STIs and the same people who could benefit from pre-exposure prophylaxis for HIV, which is different than pre-exposure prophylaxis uh, by vaccine for monkeypox, as well as HIV treatment. So um, monkeypox does actually represent uh, an important opportunity for us to bring people closer to the important public health services that are good, not only for their monkeypox-related health, but their whole person health, looking at HIV, STI, and as we talked about, also mental health, given the SAMHSA announcement. Now you can keep up on your health by finding details and locations for clinics near you to get tested, and if you're at risk, to get pre-exposure prophylaxis or PrEP for HIV. You can even obtain an at-home HIV testing kit for free from DHEC online. All of this is accessible through scdhec.gov std. And again, any man who has sex with men, which is MSM, including gay or bisexual men, transgender or gender non-conforming individuals, and any person receiving HIV PrEP is eligible for the two-dose MPOX vaccine. You can schedule a vaccine appointment at one of 31 providers across the state by calling the DHEC care line at 1-855-472-3432. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and we want to hear your stories as well. Tell us how you're handling fall. It can be traumatic for some folks. It can be enlightening for others. I'm right in the middle, folks. <laughs> you're, you're just full neutral. Oh, have we talked about my pumpkin spice experience yet? <laughs> I think you had it. Did yes, I? we talked about pumpkin yeah, spice. I had my one, one annual pumpkin, spi pump, pumple, pumpkin Pumple. spice. Yep. <laughs> my annual candle drinking. <laughs> yes. And uh, we talked about how you had pumpkin milk for your. <laughs> yes, I'm uh, <laughs> leaning into the pumpkin life, as they say. If anyone is, any, if anyone can think of anything good about pumpkin spice, please call in to defend it. Yeah, because all my pumpkin heads out there, eight zero three five six three seven one six nine. I'm where uh, are my pumpkin heads. Where are my at? pumpkin heads? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is not the smashing pumpkins, you you Gen Zers. This is this we is different. Never We're talking about it. pumpkin no. heads, not smashing pumpkins. Mm -hmm. Oh, I exactly. love smashing a pumpkin, though. I'm gonna just admit that. Smashing a pumpkin or the band? Both. both. I mean, I'm pro both. Yeah, I mean, I'm pro. I remember Quid being pro. 13 years old, walking around, trick-or-treating when it's like you're definitely too old to trick-or-treat. Mm -hmm. And then you just smash a few pumpkins. Think, oh, nothing better. I think I might have shared Throw this previously, but for all of our new listeners, I did smash a pumpkin one year. And then I jumped on it just to prove a point. And then I kind yeah. of slipped on it, to which I said, that's the last pumpkin I'm going to smash because he almost got me. <laughs> That's 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 vengeance, right? That's, that's revenge. pure athleticism. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I would be I'd be in your situation. At, give us a quick update on your 
uh, your tendon, your Achilles tendon situation? The tendon, it's still ruptured. The foot is ever more purple as the day goes on, mm. or as the days go on. Um, it's uh, it, when the Eagles won. And yes, the Eagles did win. Go Birds. Four Thank God. Uh, there were points we had five five turnovers in the game. At one point, I I exuberantly screamed, yes! So and strong. Caitlin goes, AT, sit down! <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, you are standing. Sit down. On both feet. On bo- I had no Ugh. ideas. I had left from my seat Ugh. and was adrenaline standing on both feet. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, so I, I, I have to be, and I also went to retrieve a package this morning mm-hmm. and almost fell on my face attempting oh my to get it. So that is where it stands. But also a good thing is that, uh, from this podcast, we got reached out to by a doctor from Prisma Health, uh, Dr. Zach Kiker. Isn't that right, Gavin? Yes. Yeah. We love, uh, we love all of our listeners. We also love our professional listeners, folks that can give us some great info and help when we need it. Uh, and he is actually over, um, he's an emergency department medical director, Prisma Health Baptist Parkridge. So yes. that's the guy you want to call up when you have any any number of emergency <laughs> traumatic injuries. Like, oh, yeah, I know that. You know, like, I would, that'd be nice to have just, you know, yeah, that knowledge, it's, it's, you know. It's like, good oh, to have just, in the Rolodex. Yeah, you know? so we uh, we appreciate that, doctor. Yes, and, and he, he we DM'd and he looked over all my stuff, made sure I had everything right. So Dr. Zach. The man, the yeah. myth. Thank said, you so much. I said, whatever it takes to get our, our baby fixed here, because I don't like this. <laughs> like I told you this morning, I woke up and I felt guilty because I could, you know, I was pain free this morning. I thought of you as like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Unencumbered standing is uh, take, don't take it for granted, everyone, mm-hmm. because uh, it's a it's a gift that everyone overlooks. Totally. Anyway, Gavin, we do have a call. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Are let's, you ready let's for listen a call? to the folks? Let's and hear from one, the people. We, I just want to say we got it a little while ago, and I would have played it earlier had I not ruptured parts of my body. So <laughs> and there was a I, hurricane. <laughs> I, and there was a hurricane. So I apologize for the delay. So are you ready? Yeah. Go so ahead. you're ready. Yes. yes. Press the button. Okay. okay, here we go. Hey, Gavin. Hey, AT. This is Daniel from Somerville. Loved the quad dip of uh, listener voicemails from the last podcast that y'all put out. Uh, always love uh, hearing what y'all are doing and love the coverage that y'all provide. A little different from some of our other uh, lead listeners. I've been uh, pretty pleased at what the State House has been doing uh, lately. Uh, It's always um, good, I think, to uh, make it harder to kill babies in South Carolina. So uh, supportive of what the State House is doing there and appreciate uh, y'all's coverage on that. Uh, It's always good to stay informed. Uh, We are not letting gas prices slow us down. Uh, my wife and I are on our way to um, a number of state parks. We just went to Andrew Jackson State Park, and we're halfway to our ultimate outsider uh, trip, and we will have a little one with us in January, and looking forward to making him the youngest ultimate outsider out there yet. We're also on the road to Shreveport, Fort Worth, and Norman, so I guess we'll have a lot to report back on uh, when we get back from that. Have to weigh in a little bit on the hot dog conversation. I think that there is um, only one correct answer, and um, AC, I really think that you've got the market cornered on the proper hot dog etiquette. Uh, got to have chili, mustard, and onions. In fact, if you go to the Rough House in Abbeville, South Carolina, uh, that is the only dignified way you can order a hot dog there, and uh, that is as it should be, I should say. Um, Also in the Charleston area, 
Jack's Cosmic Dogs in Mount Pleasant is a great place to be. Uh, y'all could check out Jack's Cosmic Dogs by doing a little bit of uh, remote um, lead broadcasting down in the Somerville and Charleston area. We'd love to have y'all in Somerville. The town is celebrating its 175th anniversary this December, which sounds like a great opportunity for a anniversary podcast edition. Uh, to help you with a little bit of scouting, the Ice House, Frothy Beard, Off World, Oak Road Brewery, and if you're looking for something a little different, uh, Wine and Tapas are all in the downtown historic Somerville area and would be great venues for future live broadcasts. Hope to see y'all there and hope to see you soon. Uh, would love to pick up some swag and thanks again for all you guys are doing. Take care. Daniel from Somerville, thank you for listening and sharing your opinion. We respect and appreciate everyone's opinions. You can call and do that. That's what we're here for. We love hearing from everyone all across the state and political divide. Now, he also has some good driving coming up ahead. It sounds like going to yes. Shreveport and Fort Worth. My goodness. That's a lot. And then also great hot dog input for you there. Some great recommendations. I love the hot dog take, Daniel. I love that. It your is eyes lit tr- up. It's the only right and true way. Thank you very much to get a hot dog all the way, chili dog all the way. Maybe, yeah. Uh, and I'm definitely going to check out Cosmic Dogs, Jack's Cosmic Dogs on Mount Pleasant next mm-hmm. time I'm stuck at Spoleto. Yeah. If I can walk it during Spoleto. Say, you know, that is a big caveat. Everyone <laughs> who can hear us, send AT a hot dog. Get him get him back on his feet. Just mail us a hot dog. Uh, 1041 George Rogers Boulevard. Hot dog. I, I will deliver it to him. He yeah. will appreciate this. Just throw it in the mail. And also, I want to just uh, note that, Daniel, we definitely need to get back into a better routine for our live tapings. We, yes. We're starting to do it again. Um, and we may try and get down there in December because we typically go down to the low country in December. Um, so we could probably shoot for Somerville sometime in December. That'd be wonderful. And I know a lot of people yeah. are hammering for it. So tell us where we should go. That's He's he's laying the claim right there. We'll go to where the people want us to go. We'd love to touch all the different parts of the state. Yeah. So. Yeah. He said a lot of great places out there. I love that. Uh, my friends there, Frothy Beard. Uh, mm-hmm. They're big Lord of the Rings fans. Boo, 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 boo. Love that. Go birds. Go Lord of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> walking bumper stickers all the time. I have to make sure I have this one before I go to this one. Anyway, Gavin, uh, you had quite an eventful day yesterday, uh, right? Down, down on James Island. The fallout of the storm, right? Yeah, yeah. We spent all day because we, we spent all day Saturday cleaning mm-hmm. up, you know, as one does in uh, this urban mecca that is James Island. You know, and it's, you know, it wasn't too bad. We just had a lot of debris, you know, just uh, raking up a lot of different leaves and some little branches and just all so the stuff that comes out leaves. of the, <laughs> all the stuff that comes out of the trees. You're just like, oh my God, so much crap comes out of these trees. We were yeah. lucky, didn't have much damage. We didn't have power for about a day and some change. But uh, yeah, that was fine. It made for a fun Friday night by candlelight. Candlelight. <laughs> we played cards and had a couple of drinks during our hurricane party, but. Um, other than that, like, we cleaned up. Everyone else was out there in the cul-de-sac cleaning up. My dad's neighbor, they had a tree fall from one neighbor's yard onto the na- other neighbor's house, but it just did like some gutter damage, and another, mm-hmm. another dead tree actually blocked it from doing more damage. So they were lucky there. Um, you know, leaf blowers, the sounds of leaf blowers and generators woke me up on Saturday morning to, uh, you know, that's my favorite sound is a leaf blower. As anyone knows me, the devil's blowtorch <laughs> hair dryer. The devil's blow, hair, blow dryer. A, a, a cacophony, a terrible symphony to, to wake Gavin. Jay Jackson uses a battery-powered Ryobi. 
So we don't have, very you don't have good. that, you know, no that, gas. yeah, no, no gas. gas, very eco-friendly there, but you know, you have to mm-hmm. blow out the whole, you know, cul-de-sac cause there's crap everywhere. So everyone's but just, you weren't just piles. watching this Gavin, right? I was you... raking, I was putting stuff in wheelbarrows. <laughs> I had my gloves on cause they're in my hurricane kit, but I managed to give myself some blisters on my inside of my thumbs. Uh, but that's not, that wasn't too bad. It was fun just to get that stuff done. And that was yeah, the reason I wanted to come down blisters. here. Yeah. They're, they're, they're serious they, they look worse than they feel. It looks like you were pushing so hard. With, I was, yeah, I was just constantly rubbing against the driest wood possible so I could like. <laughs> I could I, it looks burns. like you raked through asphalt. You know what I mean? I, like, <laughs> You know, my dedication to selflessness does not just end when I clock out at five o'clock as a state government. No, employee. no, no, no. I carry it over into every aspect of my life. You know this? I, yeah. I tried to carry I've you on my you back. You didn't I've let me carry you on your back. I said, AT, get on my back. Yeah. I was carrying you, you. That's why there was only one set of footprints. You tried to, uh, what's that What's that Richard Gere movie where he, he carries her out? Is that the end of Pretty Woman? Backdraft? Where, where he, no. Oh, yeah. Backdraft, backdraft is exactly what I'm talking about. Is yeah. it Backdraft? Uh, but uh, yeah, he, you backdraft? tried to carry Kurt me. Russell? Backdraft? God, I think it might be Kurt Russell. I'm not sure. I'm I'm thinking of Broken Arrow. I can't get Broken Arrow out of my mind. God, what? I don't think you, Travolta was in Broken Arrow. You mean Travolta? Was evil. Like Face Off Travolta was in Broken Arrow. That was like a different time for him. What was he going Travolta through? In, in <laughs> Face Off is so probably, I would guess, uh, Scientology <laughs> blackmail. <laughs> you had to play a bad guy for two shows, two movies. Face the way off. he touches people's face in face off is so I could weird. eat a peach for hours. That was my Nick Cage. <laughs> I love uh, my favorite part of face off is that the jail that they get sent to has a magnetic <laughs> yes, floor yes. and all the, the super the criminals yeah. are, are magnetized to the bottom. And that's how they don't escape. That's yeah. my favorite part of that movie. It's super efficient to run that much power to magnetize them to the ground. <laughs> yes. It's very green. It's, it's very green. green. Just like Gosh. just like the, the battery mode. No, executive decision. That was a good one, though. With, that was Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. That's Kurt and Russell. And John Leguizamo being serious. And Holly Berry. Yeah. Holly Berry was but, in it, too. Uh, but seeing John Leguizamo fresh off the pest do <laughs> do the serious executive decision yes. really messed with me. And I was like, he's a funny guy. He's uh, supposed to be funny. Here? Yeah. He was in Two Wong Fu. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for all the memories. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, we have really just spiraled out of It here. helps me not think about the constant the <laughs> high hat of pain in my 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 foot. But anyway, yeah. people, yeah. give me more. Tell us tell us your favorite bad nineties movies, Ooh. please. Oh yeah. What's your that favorite is a line from prompt. the past? Mine is woe is me, Gustav. Someone turned me into a walkie talkie. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen the past. <laughs> it's it's really bad and really good. Uh anyway, people, yeah. have a good week. Think of me fondly. Think, think of me. <laughs> Never stop thinking of AT folks. Gavin, I hope those wounds heal before yes. our, the next kickball game. I hope you don't rupture anything. It doesn't matter because it's it's all nothing compared to the selflessness that I exude as an, an employee at ETV and as Correct. a friend to you. Correct. Correct. Um, like I said, willing to take you to work every morning or that's about it. But <laughs> make you some bread, I guess. <laughs> and that's where I draw and the line. And that's where I draw the line. But I'm so selfless. But AT, uh, we're glad that you're still hanging in there. You're going to get the MRI on Thursday, and we'll get a better picture, hopefully, of what's going on with you. And uh, we can hear from some folks. Tell us about your 
traumatic sports injuries or bad 90s movies or anything you want to talk about at 803-563-7169. Give us a shout like Daniel did. You can also give us some love on iTunes by leaving us a review. We appreciate that as well. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. Remember, it's no pledge drive. Pledge drive going on right now, folks. Just do your part. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. That's, uh, that's important, too. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. My eyes went bad overnight to die. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's helping anything. <laughs> I need more. I'm, I'm kind of, like, cool with getting addicted to it. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs>